what happened and part of the reason why I didn't do anything in my life other than trying to just like make money and, and build business and be successful is because I didn't want to do anything and not be good at it. Cause I, that would then make me feel like I'm a bad, like I'm bad or I'm not enough. I'm unworthy. And like, no one's going to love me if I'm bad at something kind of thing. Hey guys, welcome to our Soul Fan podcast where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I'm the Manifestation Mentor. Today on the show, we have Ricky Flo, a magical writer and entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, Ricky. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Carolina. Oh, you're here again. I'm so happy to talk to you. And just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory, Ricky is my ex-partner and best friend right now. And we've spent a long time together, three and a half years. And today we want to talk to you about High Achiever Mind Mastery. What has happened on our journey together? Because when we met, we were completely different people than we are right now. And we want to share with you all these blocks that you as an achiever or maybe your partner or someone that is a high achiever in your life, a family member can struggle with or the things that maybe they are unconscious for them. And we want to make it all conscious for you today and give you some tools of how you can deal with your limiting behaviors, limiting patterns, beliefs, and uh, unexpressed emotions. So I'm super excited uh, to talk, talk to you, Ricky, because our journey together has been a crazy ride. And uh, yeah, I would love to uh, chat first about how we met and where you were at at that time in your life, it, with your business, with your relationships, with your money situation, with everything. So we can maybe uh, share a little story, how we met. You can uh, chat, uh, like you can tell it for a bit and then I can maybe chip in with some details as well. So yeah, let's start there. <laughs> yeah, cool. So we met at an event that uh, one of my friends was running and you were in Australia I'm from Australia. You were in Australia for a few months and we met at this event and I didn't know anyone that was attending this event, but I knew the guy that was running the event. And I guess you saw it on online or something and you somehow ended up at this event and it was an event called Primal and it was going through Osho's five-step dynamic meditation process, which includes like meditating and dancing and shaking and all kinds of things like that. And, um, but at that time in my life, I was very new to the whole spiritual landscape. I wasn't like into yoga or meditation or plant medicine or any of this stuff. Like it was, it was, I, I'd been into like personal development, like kind of Tony Robbins, positive mindset type stuff. But I was completely new to like the spiritual consciousness kind of landscape. But somehow I ended up at this event because I knew this guy and he invited me, I guess. So I, I ended up going there and, and then I was uh, grabbing some cacao or whatever it was. I think it was, maybe it was like some cacao with mushrooms, yes, cacao with mushrooms. But it, to be clear, it wasn't psych psychedelic mushrooms, no, reishi. <laughs> just yeah, normal mushrooms with the cacao. And, but I was so like new to the landscape that I was like, I was like, is like, is are these like normal mushrooms like what is this and i was kind of like quite hesitant i remember and i kind of like took a sip and and then i was there on my own like i didn't know anyone there i just got there i grabbed some and, and then you asked me how is it and then i walked over to you and we started chatting and that that's how we met so that's a bit of a backstory yeah yeah and to mention ricky was already stalking me on facebook before the event <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I was, I was single at the time and I was kind of like on the lookout for like my next partner. And I saw the event on Facebook and I looked at the kind of attendees and I was like, all right, who are the women that are going here that are like attractive? And I saw Carolina and I was like, okay, like she's a, one of my targets, you know, I'm, I'm being playful, but like that did happen. And then, and then when I saw her, I was kind of like, I don't know if it clicked in my mind, like, oh, that was the girl I saw on Facebook or whatever, but whatever. I I wasn't being a creep or anything. I just looked at the people <laughs> before the event that was going. And then there we go. <laughs> I just used the word stalking. It's funny that you're not creepy. <laughs> but thank you for clarifying. <laughs> anyway, so I, I want to mention from my, my perspective that when we met, like I just looked into Ricky's eyes and we instantly connected. It's it's like we were we have a soul contract of just 
just instant resonance. And I was like, he's not even my type. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't like glasses. Like, I, I like blonde, not brunette. Like, I don't like like beard and mustache and all these things. And, <laughs> and I just felt so just into you instantly. And it was pretty interesting because it's, um, yeah, it was, I didn't really know like why I'm so attracted to you or what's happening uh, specifically, but we already connected so much after this event. And we already just like, when you left this event, I already felt like stalking you on Facebook and I, I saw your Facebook. Also, you had like a picture with your ex and I was just like, no, maybe it's his girlfriend. Maybe I misread the signs. Maybe don't, don't text him, don't text him. Like, just don't do it. And then you texted me the next day that you want to meet um, the day after the next day. And we met. And since then, pretty much we were, together for the next three and a half years <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's that's been such a such a crazy ride but I feel like I would love to touch upon like where you were at at that time when we met so you were into personal development but how was your business going and what was happening in your life and how are your relationships because these areas is what I want to talk about today so that people can maybe get aware people who are high achievers who have similar personality type to you especially Enneagram number three that we are talking about from uh, Enneagram typology so they can maybe get awareness by hearing our story. They can get awareness. Oh, shit. Maybe I also display this pattern right now. Because once you get awareness of something, you can change it. Because then you observe it rather than being in the pattern. So uh, just to to relate to where you were at at that time. Like, yeah, how was how are all these areas of your life? Yeah, cool. Well, to create a bit of context. So we were together for three and a half years. And it's been about it's about two years since we separated. So we're going back about five and a half years from now, the context. And I'm currently 30, turning 31 in a couple of weeks. So I would have been like 25, let's say at the time. And now I'm, I'm almost 31. So if I go back to when I was mid twenties, um, where I was at in my life was I've been like an entrepreneur since I was 18, 19 years old. And I've been self-employed the whole time since then. So for about 11, 12, 13 years, I've been self-employed, had my own businesses and, you know, they've changed over time. And, um, and back then 25, I was working very hard. Like I was working all the time, pretty much like my whole life essentially revolved around working and trying to make a lot of money and trying to be successful and all this. And, I wasn't crushing it. I wasn't mega successful, but I was, you know, independent and doing okay. And like, you know, I had, I always had money to kind of like get by and for the most part, live a pretty decent kind of comfortable lifestyle, but I was just working all the time. So that's that I was working all the time and what I was working on, I wasn't that passionate about. So at, at that time, so I had a, I kind of got started in selling things on eBay that I was importing from China. Then I got into marketing consulting, but then by the time I was 25, I had this business that I was partnered on um, because I was doing marketing consulting. And then one of my kind of clients had another business that they wanted to start that I got involved in as a partner. And it was this education business in the rodeo industry. And one of the, it was specifically for one of the rodeo sports called roping. So the business was roping.com. It's a business that still exists today. I sold my shares in the business. Like, like all of the original founders, we sold, we sold the business about three or what a few years ago. I don't remember exactly, maybe two and a half, three years ago, something like that. So, but at the time I was 25, I was working in this business. So I was working a lot. I wasn't really enjoying my work because it was this kind of random industry that I wasn't that passionate about or I didn't really know anything about let's say and then so there's that and then to talk about the other areas of life I'd had um one long-term relationship that had just kind of previously ended which was about two and a half years and um and that relationship I would say was quite dysfunctional there was a very little level of awareness on my end and my partner's end about how to navigate healthy relating. And I would, I had like one close friend who's still a close friend today. And other than that, like I had a few friends, but my friendships weren't very deep. I didn't know myself very well. I didn't feel like I had the capacity to connect very deeply with others. 
and I had, I wouldn't say massive social anxiety, but I had a pretty uncomfortable level of social anxiety and I wasn't taking the best care of my body. I, I ate, I was vegan at the time and I was kind of somewhat consciousness conscious about what I ate, didn't really eat processed foods and things like that, but I didn't really work out very consistently or it was very on and off and yeah so to summarize essentially the main focus of my life was my business and trying to become successful and I was having making some progress but not a lot with that and it was taking all my time and pretty much at the expense of everything else in my life like nothing was really thriving in my life not even really my business or my financial situation but that's what I was trying to optimize for with limited success but ultimately everything else kind of wasn't really important to me at the time and since then that's probably probably been the biggest thing that's shifted is i feel like my life has a lot more balance and there's a lot more substance to my life and i i really care about my friendships my relationship i like to play music i like to take care of my body and I like to write and business to me now isn't just about making money, doing something I don't care about. I actually have like visions of things that I want to create and share with the world and and all of that. So essentially, that's I went from only really caring about business and being successful and making money to now having a more well-rounded life with lots of things that give me joy. Mm, that's so beautiful. And so how would you say that what what would you say that from your perspective changed the most your thinking and your emotions because we've done a lot of processes together um different type of healing and i'm curious to know from your perspective what has been the most effective to uh, work through these patterns and also maybe you can give some examples of how your life has shifted once we have done the healing for example or the plant medicine ceremony yeah. So I would say that like, for me, like there's lots of different processes and things that I've done. Um, but I would say that the, for me, the two biggest, like the things that feel like they've had the biggest impact on me has been plant medicine and anything that's related to like energy healing or like somatic emotional release type work, which I consider it just energy healing. I see emotion is energy in motion. So any emotional work is just like clearing out old energy, bringing in new energy and we've done, we did many processes with that. And probably, yeah, you would have been the facilitator on planet earth that helped me the most with that kind of work. So I'm really grateful for that. And I wouldn't be who I am without that. So thank you for the millionth time for that. So yeah, I'd say plant medicine and energy healing type work, emotional release type work. And to, and to kind of speak a little bit to each, like what I would say plant medicine has shown me is that like it's possible like in this path of chasing success chasing money that kind of thing now what i've come to understand is that i was doing all those things because i thought that like uh building a successful business and making a lot of money or becoming a millionaire or something like that i assumed that achieving some kind of business slash financial outcome would make me like make, I, I think unconsciously I thought it would make me feel a certain way. It would make me feel significant or important or successful or whatever. Um, but I think what the plant medicine showed has shown me is that just in the present moment now, if I get all out of my head and all these patterns and structures and conditions of thinking things have to be a certain way and I have to be successful and I have to make money and all this, I can just go straight into feeling a feeling if I have enough connection to myself, my heart's open and these kinds of things. And I think having experienced plant medicine and realizing like, whoa, I'm feeling this feeling of love that I've never felt before. My heart is so open and I'm experiencing this love, this joy, this connection to life, to myself, to my partner, to friends, etc., to nature. It's like, it's like, this is just awesome. And it's like, like, it's like when I could just experience it directly, it made the actual, the kind of like matrix I was living in less relevant because it's like, I'm doing all this thing to try and feel a certain way. And, and the feeling might even be safety or security. It's like, if I have a lot of money, then I'll feel like, safe and i can relax and then i'll be at peace and whatever 
but it's like those are just feelings that, that are felt in the body and that's what i realized it's like i can just feel safe and at peace and relaxed regardless of my situation and then from that place if i'm actually already feeling safe and peaceful and relaxed already just through certain processes or plant medicine time in nature or whatever it might, might be then i can bring that energy into my business and then i'm way more creative i you know i make better decisions which then actually leads to more success and everything so that i kind of like flip the whole thing on its head and then with the energy stuff i the way i would explain that is that like i see energy um like healing or emotional release type work is essentially moving energy it's there's it's like i it's like i have my physical body but then there's also like an energetic structure that is simultaneously there like my energy body or something like that i don't fully understand how it works but i'll, I'll try to explain it it's like got like my energy body and then it's like the version of me today has a certain energy body and then the version of me that has like made all my dreams come true and is, you know, really fulfilled and content with my life and, and all of that, that version of me has like a different energy body. And it's like to go from current energy body to the version of me or the energy body of me that is successful, happy, fulfilled, etc. There's certain energy I've got to let go of and there's certain energy that needs to come in. And the way that might look practically is in business, I remember I had like, for example, just like insecurities about how people would feel if I communicated like something that was true. And it's like, I would be like, let's say someone on my team had an idea rather than just being like, yeah, I just don't think that's a good idea. It's not going to work. Like, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this instead. I would kind of like be more of like a pleaser and I would try to like be more considerate of their feelings by being like, oh yeah, it's worth trying, whatever. But deep down I knew like this shit's not going to work. It's just a bad idea. And then kind of like being a pleaser to others. And there's just like a million patterns like that. That's one example. And then the way that plays out is like just not being in my power and not making the best decisions. And then, you know, or or even things like believing like, you know, I, the only way to make money is doing something like this. And I thought that I was in like a good opportunity vehicle, like a good business opportunity, which ultimately it was fine. And, and it did okay. We ended up selling the business and I made a decent amount of money and whatever. But I thought like, this is the way, but I've since learned like there's millions of different ways. And because there are so many ways to be successful you might as well do something that you simultaneously enjoy. Cause if there's, if there's an infinite amount of ways to be successful, there's millions of ways to be successful doing something that you love. And I just wasn't really in that paradigm. And those are a couple examples, but honestly, there were so many like dozens and dozens of patterns of perspective and emotional blockages and, and all these things. And I would say, yeah, plant medicine and energy healing, emotional release type work. And especially with your support, Carolina, like so much shifted that I feel like I'm a completely different person to who I was when I was 25. And I live in a completely different reality. I live in a different, you know, I was traveling a lot. We were traveling a lot. Now I'm back in my hometown. I was living out of Air Airbnbs essentially. Now I've got like a 12 month lease here in Australia. I've got my own furniture. I've got friends. I've got a new relationship, new business. I'm singing. I'm, you know, starting a new podcast. Like I'm right. I've just written a book. Like there's all these different things now that are in my life that it's like the new version of me that the old version of me, um, you know, it was different. And I actually thought of a metaphor earlier, which is like, it's kind of like I got a new wardrobe of clothes and it's like, it almost feels like, well, not almost, it, it literally is the, the case that every single thing in my wardrobe is a new piece of clothing and all of my old clothes have either been given away or thrown out. And it's like, it's like the metaphor there is that if we've got a whole bunch of old clothes in the wardrobe, it's kind of like, those clothes represent who we were like in the past kind of thing. And then when we bring something new in, it's like, it's like, oh, this is it's showing a different side of my expression, for example. 
And then, it, but it's like, if we want to bring new clothes into the wardrobe, we've got to get rid of some of the clothes there. Otherwise there's not going to be space for it. So I really believe in this, like you've got to let go of certain emotions or, or beliefs or, um, you know, pain and, and resentment and all this, this stuff and perspectives to then create space for new perspectives, new beliefs, new emotions, new clothes, new hobbies, new businesses, new books, new new friends, new relationships, like all of these things. And that's a bit about my journey. It's been a consistent process of letting go and then bringing in new, fresh energy and constantly reinventing myself. Mm, thank you so much for sharing all that. And I'm curious to know, because you mentioned like that you got a lot out of uh, support with me. And why do you think is that? Because to me, I can see how our personality types are just so harmonic in a way and um, harmonious you say in english <laughs> and uh, so i feel like i had developed the areas that you didn't and the other way around so like you got me into having my own business and being more like okay like sustaining myself and you know being more um yeah expressive and actually getting in touch more with my emotions because once you stopped denying your emotions and you started to being in your emotions I also was more and more tapped into my feelings and so I feel like we just combined energy of ours was very very like expansive for both of us and I would love to know from your perspective why do you feel like my support or what kind of energy codes you got specifically from me on this journey that have helped you the most yeah, I've actually just got a straight up download of the way to express it. And there's various ways I could express it, but I feel like the best way to express it is I remember there was one point where we were staying at a certain apartment, which was our friend's uh, grandmother's apartment in you know your hometown in, in Poland. We were staying there for a short period of time and we had some friends from Australia over Um and when we're in that little apartment, I remember I did this little representation, a metaphorical representation of like the way I feel like I was brought up, just like at least the, the unconscious way my consciousness processed how I'm meant to live compared to how you were brought up. And the way I did it was I was on one side of the living room and I was like, and at the other side of the living room, there was, let's just say, like a, a drink bottle. I can't remember exactly what it was, but let's just say it was a drink bottle. And I was like, I'm going to role play how I feel like I've been living my life. And this is how it looks. There's a water bottle at the end of the room. I'm at this side of the room. The water bottle's at this side of the room. I need to go to the water bottle. So I just walk straight to the water bottle. And that to me represented like this water bottle represents money, success, whatever, what I think I want. And I'm just going to go straight towards it. There's there's nothing to be experienced other than success and money. Whereas then I role played. So I role played it. It's like, there it is. And I just started walking directly to it, just not caring about anything else. And then I role played how I perceive you were brought up, you know, having spent some time with your mom for example, and your stepdad and 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 the rest of your family as well, but just specifically your mom feeling into her energy and knowing you and the way you'd been brought up. I was like, now I'm going to role play how Carolina was brought up. And it's like, okay, the water bottle represents, you know, just let's say whatever, like some kind of end outcome or something like that, whether it's money, success, whatever, but it could be anything. And I was like, this is how I perceive Carolina was, was brought up. Oh, there's a water bottle over there. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll get there eventually, but let me just sit down on this couch. Oh, this couch is really comfortable. Let me try a few different positions. Oh, it's really comfortable when I sit like this. And then it's like, oh, this pillow. Oh, this pillow is so nice. And then it's like, and then, you know, oh, my friend's here. Hey, I love you. Give them a hug. And, you know, like all of this other stuff is, oh, there's a book here on the coffee table. What's this book about? Oh, interesting. Let me, maybe I'll just sit down here and read a bit of it. And And it's like, if I, that was the an example I remember I role played and it was kind of a funny, silly thing. I was in a bit of a silly mood, but I feel like it actually made a good point, which is like one path is the path of like experience doesn't matter and only outcomes do. And then the other kind of perspective is like the experience is the whole reason for everything. Like it's, it's called the human experience, right? It's not called the human get to the end of your life and having achieved something, but you didn't experience anything. It's like, 
what kind of life is that? And it really like, that's how I perceived it is that, you know, I know that your mom's like into music and she likes to go to, you know, on holidays and like, like these different things, right? Like she, she's kind of got this experiential thing that's more relevant to her and you were brought up that way and you've traveled a lot and you, you love music and you love hanging out with your friends and, you know, you enjoy food and like the, all these different things. And I feel like somehow the way I interpreted the way to live life, you know, was just, you, you got to just try and be successful and make a bunch of money. And that's all that matters. And I kind of feel like in, until about my mid twenties, yeah, the first 25 years of my life, obviously my childhood was my childhood and I had fun and, and played around and whatever. But I feel like pretty much from the le the moment I left school until I was 25, I was trying to make money and be successful. And I didn't really understand the value in like reading fiction books or, you know, um, listening to music or playing music or writing books or spending time with friends or like any of that. I was just like, what's the point of all this? I'm just here to be successful and make money. Now I see things radically differently. And and now I feel like I've got more of an integrated approach. Like ultimately I want to enjoy my experience of life, but there are things that I, I do want to create in the world and I want to express myself into those creations and share them. But it's more from a place of like doing what I love. Like I love writing. I love speaking and I do love business, but I love business being a vehicle for art and creativity to bring interesting products and services into the world rather than just making money for the sake of making money so that's hopefully that kind of explains how i see it yeah for sure yeah. and that just reminded me of a few situations once you mentioned that because i remember when we were on this event of teal swan in sweden i think and there was actually even a couple on stage representing our relationship there was a guy who only wanted to fulfill his projects and be at work and whatever and just go 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 achiever and there was a woman that had more of an anxious attachment style and he was more avoidant attachment style and then till was explaining on stage how when the the man doesn't give the woman what she needs she will constantly feel unsafe and constantly like feel like she doesn't have her needs met so then she will want him to be more with her so then he will have less freedom and less uh you know just space in his life to do his projects whereas if he gives her first the connection that she needs she will feel safe so she will let him go energetically and i remember when we were like oh my god this is actually so uh, relevant for us and our relationship because you were at the time super focused on business working sometimes 14 hours a day and i was just like this of course adventurer and I just wanted to experience life with you and just like go and hang out and just you know have joy and of course do something for for my business and money as well but not it wasn't my main focus and I feel like we balance each other out but this one situation I remember you were so triggered because you were you were saying like oh yeah I gotta work like eight hours a day to you know make my business happen I'm like no, you don't. Like you can be successful working less. And I remember you got so pissed off at me for thinking like that. And then fast forward a few years. Now you're like working a few hours a week, I'm guessing, you know, and then you're you're so fulfilled and and you have passive income also coming. And it's just like so amazing how the perspective can shift when you open up and when you see, okay, actually it might not have to be like I thought it has to be because there are people who are successful and fulfilled and joyful and purposeful and they don't work as hard and they can travel and so on. So they, these people are examples, but it's just so funny how it can all shift because at that time I was like, oh my God, like how am I going to be with him if he thinks he's going to work so hard all the time? But then throughout the processes when we did emotional releases and some mind reprogramming and plant medicine experiences, now I feel like you have a completely different perspective on it all. And it's just so beautiful to see you grow. And now you're one of the most tapped in spiritually people that I know. Uh, and so it's just amazing for me to also know that I was a part of your journey. And I'm also really grateful for everything that you've given me. It was not only on one way street. You've given me so many other energy codes as well. And it's just so nice to reflect on that all because I feel like we are both different people now. And like I feel like I would love to um, pinpoint even more of these blocks that you feel like you released so one of the you mentioned like being a pleaser uh, that's i think a, a big one where you didn't have as 
as strong boundaries and you could not really like say no in a way that you felt like, okay, I'm going to say no with love. So I think that's a big, big shift that I can see. And also from the, this is like a giver pattern and Enneagram number two, but also achiever. I feel like even on our first date, you were not attuned to me emotionally. Like uh, on our first date, like you were doing something that I felt like, oh my God, like I need to, like, it feels unsafe a little bit because he doesn't feel me fully. And now I feel like you're one of the most, <laughs> one of the biggest feelers that I know that you are attuned to yourself. You are attuned to other people. And I think that's what also achievers sometimes are lacking, that they are not in touch with their emotions. They can deny their emotions because they have to get shit done. But these are actually one of the most emotional people. Like achievers are one of the most emotional people because Enneagon number three has is that emotional person by itself and the wings of two and four are also emotional. So pretty much it's like, if you discover your emotions and the guidance system that it is for you, you shift your life completely because you stop denying it just for the sake of getting shit done, but you're actually listening to yourself and to your heart and to your feelings. And then you're not gonna do anything that is just for success. You're actually gonna do something that is for success and gives you joy and love and purpose. Cause that's what I see. One of the big, biggest shifts that I see in you is like you're way more attuned to your heart and not to your mind and not to your patterns, to your programs, to what the society or family or whatever, whoever else school uh, told you to, to do, but to actually like live from your heart. And that's just so beautiful to watch. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to express that. <laughs> well, thank you. That's so nice. And yeah, I'll I'll speak a bit about that Teal Swan uh, event and and that uh, feels like relevant to just speak to and, and share my perspective on that. So, yeah, I genuinely like to to explain one of my blocks. Probably one of the biggest blocks I had, or or it's very telling of the kind of like consciousness I was in. I genuinely thought the only way to be successful and make a lot of money is to work eight hours a day. Like I was like that. And and to the listeners listening right, right now, maybe there are some listeners that, that believe that too. And I'll kind of explain kind of how my perspective ultimately shifted is it's like, it's like essentially some kind of energetic, like emotional reason why I believe that. And, and what I think it is in the time, the kind of like achiever paradigm is that the thing is, if I was working eight hours a day and I was only making, let's just say, a few thousand dollars per month, just kind of like relatively normal-ish income, but I was trying really hard and I thought I was smart and working hard and all this stuff. Like if I could only make a few thousand dollars a month working eight hours a day, I thought that I think emotionally what I felt was I, if I believe that it's possible to to be wealthy working less than eight hours a day, then I'm not good enough as I am right now. Like I'm doing a bad job. Like that's, so it's like, I didn't want to believe that because believing that would be admitting, I maybe not admitting I'm doing a bad job, but admitting that I'm like, I could be better than I am or something like that. And, and I think also that, that you wasted time. It, totally. And a million other things. And, and, and I think that as achievers, the natural perspective is that i'm the best like that's that's literally like the the egoic kind of perspective of an achiever it's like i'm the best i'm the i'm the best at business i'm the smartest i'm the best looking i'm the most you know the best writer the best singer the best business person the best at sales marketing whatever it's just like i'm the best like there's no one better than me but it's just such a it's just just so not true in virtually every single situation because how many people can be the best one like you know what i mean and, and and then even that though it's like it's always subjective some people will think this person's the best some person will think people will think this the best but it's not even about being the best like that's just so irrelevant in, in when it comes to life and living a fulfilling life and you know some motivational people will say you got to be the best or whatever but it's like no you don't like what are you, what are you here to do are you, are you here as a human to be the best like, does that really matter? Or are you here to enjoy your life and to have a pleasant experience of life, like to enjoy today, to enjoy this moment, to enjoy this day, this week, this month, this year, and this lifetime. Like, I would say that's really what life is about, is it's about actually enjoying your experience. And then there's all these other things that go into that, like 
creating things in the world that you know are expressions from your heart and give to others because that's just that feels nice or whatever but ultimately you just get to make it up and life is about whatever you choose for it to be but I think looking back at that point in time I just didn't want to it's I would say my even though I came across as confident and somewhat capable in certain things and whatever I would say that really what was happening was I was just so afraid of being perceived by others and perceiving myself as just being like average or just like not that good or just like good but not great or excellent or outstanding or whatever. But now, and I feel like that's such a block because what happened and part of the reason why I didn't do anything in my life other than trying to just like make money and and build business and be successful is because I didn't want to do anything and not be good at it. Cause I, that would then make me feel like I'm a bad, like I'm bad or I'm not enough. I'm unworthy. And like, no one's going to love me if I'm bad at something kind of thing. That's why I didn't really do any writing, any singing, playing any music, you know, it's like lots of things I just didn't allow myself to do. But then since then, you know, I've full on gotten into singing, which is like such a like scary thing to get into, like from where I was coming from. But I'd gotten to some point in my consciousness where it's like, no one sounded good singing the first time they started to sing. Just most people that sing well, they just started when they were a kid. They got, they weren't in their head thinking about how bad their voice is, that they got to a certain level of competency and then they just kept singing and their voice got better. Literally every like single thing that someone gets good at is just because they've done it for like a consistent period of time. And I do believe some people have like a gift that they're born with and they have a proclivity to be better at something but like i feel like it was was just so freeing for me to be like i'm gonna have some singing lessons i'm just gonna write some stuff i'm gonna go write a book and just gonna just write and practice and eventually a book will come out of me and but i was like no i can't do anything but i wasn't even aware of it but literally what was happening i was in my unconscious i was like i won't do anything unless i know that it's gonna like look good or be successful or be an achievement so it's like i'm only going to do that but then i wasn't even aware that that was my consciousness so there was so much of life that i was blocking out it's crazy now looking back and i thought i was confident and like self-aware but it's crazy like how much and you know and even to this like right now i I feel like i have a certain level of self-awareness but i'm sure in five years ten years from now i'll look back and be like 30 year old me yeah, like I honor where he was at on his journey, but like 35-year-old me, 40-year-old me is so much more self-aware now. And like now I can see all the things that the 30-year-old me wouldn't allow himself to do and all of that. And I think it's a lifelong journey, but I feel like looking back at 25, like, man, there was so much I wasn't allowing myself to experience. I was missing out on so much. Yeah. And you know what? I think that when you are 40 and when you're 30 and when you're 25, it's going to be a different difference, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Because like yeah. the life before spiritual awakening and after spiritual awakening is just not the same. Like it shifts 180 degrees and you cannot go back to the level of awareness that you've had before. Because once you experience this big unconditional love, for example, right? When someone, especially when someone can guide you through it, like I guided you on the first uh, and all the plant medicine experiences because I knew how to like control the energy, like how to flow the energy into your body so that you can experience the unconditional love that I have for you. And because I was so open in my heart, I could just give you a lot of this energy and that could open you up and once you experience these feelings i feel because that's also what happened to me like eight years ago once i experienced it like my life was not the same because i knew what's possible to feel so i feel like even though it's going to be a big difference when you are 40 years old and now i feel like when you were like let's say 20 and 30 it's like bigger difference because you have experienced that higher self you experience the divinity within you and you're now tapped in and so you're going more in accordance with your intuition and not with your mind and that's the biggest value i think that i have given you <laughs> in our life to to experience this other realm of of reality um in the same way that you have given me like you know all the businessy and all the emotional awareness and all the other things and i feel like it's just such a big big shift in consciousness and so having said that i'm really curious to know what's your definition of success right now compared to before 
because before it was money and like being, you know, perceived as like best and, you know, achieving all that and being a millionaire maybe, but what is it now? I will answer the question, but I want to start by saying, I don't even think about it. Like success, the last time I said the word success or thought about success would have been probably literally, I reckon it's been over a year since I've even thought of it. And I think that goes to show part of like the way I see reality now is because I, I don't I don't look through the lens of being successful. I look through the lens of like being fulfilled and enjoying my life and like being a creative person that enjoys creating the things in my life that I create and experience. So I see things differently now. So it's kind of like it's it's like it's like I was living in a reality of black and white and I was like living in black and I was like I want white you know, success. I want white. Whereas now it's like, I live in color and I'm not thinking about white. I'm thinking about the rainbow. And it's just a, such a different paradigm that like, honestly, it's been so long since I've even thought of it, but to answer your question, like more directly, like what do I perceive success is? I would say my definition of success today is like, it's more like fulfillment. Like, am I fulfilled? Am I having a fulfilling present moment in this moment am i having a present am i enjoying and having a fulfilling day week month year etc so i see it more through the lens of enjoyment fulfillment and and then also like other things like purpose and, and creativity and like how is my heart open and am i am i fully letting in all the love that's here in this moment and in this day so i see it more like present being in the present moment enjoying the moment enjoying the day feeling fulfilled, feeling excited about my life as opposed to like just money, business, success, revenue, profit, whatever. It's a very different paradigm. Yeah, that's amazing. And also I just want to uh, mention it because I feel like that's the biggest pattern for achievers that they never feel enough, right? But once you actually realize that you are the divinity embodied in the human experience, the not enoughness just goes away. And of course, you're going to still have some patterns some, sometimes that you're going to get triggered and you're going to feel not enough and so on. But the more you actually release these emotions and the more you work on it and the more you are tapped into your intuition and to your soul, the less of this not enoughness and unworthiness is within you because you realize like, I'm here to experience life as a part of God and part of the greater wholeness. And when I can really let myself be guided by this force that have has created the universe and by the source energy and by my heart and my emotions it's actually like less and less you feel these feelings because you're so fulfilled with the self-love and with the love of god or the universe or whatever you want to call it that it just doesn't happen as much to you at least that's what i saw within you throughout our journey that the more you are tapped in to the spiritual realm and the more plant medicine experiences we've done or mdma therapies or you know um, spiritual healing and so on energy healing then the more you are just feeling like, okay, I'm God expressed. I'm the universe expressed in Ricky. So that's why you probably don't think about success because like success is existence. Success is when I actually can love myself and be around amazing people and, you know, travel when I want or just having freedom to, to write or to do music or to whatever I feel in the moment that I want to do, right? So it's a completely different paradigm. And I'm so glad that we are here, um, you know, experiencing this amazing life. And you're also on the same page with me, just, you know, enjoying this couch and the pillow and everything that you were talking about before, rather than just going straight for the water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And so we're going to wrap, wrap it up soon because we got to go. But I would love to um, touch upon one last thing, which is, we talked about achiever patterns. We talked about giver patterns, which is overgiving or sacrificing yourself for others or, you know, not saying no when it's necessary. But I also want to touch upon the artist because that's a big part of a achiever personality type in Enneagram 3. Um, an artist can sometimes just be, let's say, not navigating their emotions really well. And so just a few words about it so that people can, that can... Um, that have this pattern can relate to you and know how we handled it together or how you learned how to deal with your emotions in a better way. Because sometimes 
at least in our relationship, you might be lost in your emotions for like a week. And then like, we would not be able to do anything, go anywhere, or, you know, just you were, for example, you were pissed off about internet not working because you couldn't achieve your goals. And then this <laughs> anger just took you over for like a week straight. And like, we could not connect. Oof. We could not have good vibes. We could not do anything. And that I perceive as an artist just swimming in the negative emotions. So how is it different now? And like, what has helped you to move through it? And uh, yeah, I'm curious about your perspective on it. I've got a very clear perspective on it now, which is an integrative perspective based on my whole journey, which is that whenever someone is radically emotional and radically in the ocean of their emotions for days, it's because there's actually something else that they're avoiding feeling. So what I perceive is that like Tony Robbins has this thing that he says, like we all have an emotional home and some pers- some people's emotional home might be just like not feeling emotion. That's where that's the level of emotion they feel comfortable with. Zero. Some people might feel like really comfortable with sadness and grief and these kind of like kind of relaxing feelings. Like if you if you really feel about it, sadness can be this like relaxing feeling. I, I haven't heard people talk about it like that, but that's how I interpret it. It's like. The reason why people can indulge in sadness and um, in and then depression in my eyes is just like extended sadness without much access to other emotional states is it it kind of feels nurturing to be in that compared to like anger. Anger ain't nurturing, you know, sadness. It's like, oh, I'm lying on the couch. I'm crying. I'm connected to my body. It can I actually can take a break from pleasant. my work. Exactly. You can give yourself an excuse to not have to be so working so hard or whatever. But then anger is another thing. Some people like some people feel in control when they're angry because it's like no one's going to mess with me if I'm angry. Whereas if I'm not angry, people will walk over me, whatever. Like everyone's got these different stories, right? I've had them and still have some obviously at times as well. But what I've realized is that like where the biggest emotional charge is like in our body and like the biggest traumatic feelings that we had and what we felt in those traumatic experiences in our childhood and things like that. There's certain emotions that I just feel like they're unsafe to feel like maybe I've got evidence from my childhood that someone felt a certain way and then they got abandoned and no one and everyone just like left them behind or someone felt a certain way and then they lost their job and then they were all unsafe and like whatever. So it can go, it can happen in all these different ways, but ultimately I believe that there are certain emotions that I just don't want to feel. Cause I feel somewhere in my unconscious that I perceive that they're unsafe to feel. And then Carolina, for you, there'd be a different set of emotions that you perceive are unsafe to feel And then someone else will have a different set of emotions that they perceive are unsafe to feel. And what I perceive as an artist or like a relatively highly emotional person will do is they'll swim in the ocean of their emotional home, whatever that is. For someone, it will be sadness. For example, for someone, it will be anger. They'll, They'll be in those emotions consistently as a coping mechanism to actually avoid feeling what's underneath all that, which is what's going to feel unsafe. Because I'll tell you this, if someone's sad all the time, they don't feel unsafe feeling sad. They feel comfortable feeling sad because they're doing it all the time. So it's a familiar and comfort comes from familiarity. So if someone has a familiar emotion, it actually is comfortable. It's, It's in their comfort zone. Whereas it's the unfamiliar that we want to avoid feeling. And, and and that's the same in life. It's like, I'm in my comfortable apartment right now. I'm not out there in the freezing ocean right now because it's like, that would be uncomfortable. That's unfamiliar. That's uncomfortable, you know? And now, I, but it's crazy because if I went for a swim in that ocean, you know, it's been proven that cold water therapy is good for our health and things like that. Like that would actually be beneficial, right? And then... And then I would change my relationship with the water. And this is something, you know, I'm using it as an example, but it's actually something I've been through. I used to really not like cold water. Now I do cold water therapy consistently. So, but my point here is that let's say that someone's emotional home is sadness, but they're actually feeling, they're actually using sadness and indulging in sadness, maybe for multiple days or a whole week or even longer 
because they're avoiding feeling powerless because powerless, if they feel powerless, sadness is okay. Cause in my childhood, people were sad and no one abandoned them and they were safe. You know, I was sad as a child and my mom loved me and gave me a big hug or whatever. But anytime I or anyone was powerless, oh, that's, that's a, you can't go there. You'll get abandoned if you get, if you feel powerless. For example, in another family, in another person, maybe powerless is safe, but sadness isn't. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy how it works. But ultimately, what I've learned being, you know, a, relatively emotional person and and all of that and just what i've learned about emotion is that if someone's indulging in an emotion or a kind of in emotions in general they're probably indulging in emotions that are familiar as a and there's some benefit to that you know whether it's they feel relaxed when they feel sad and they don't relax enough so then they feel sad to relax that's the way they do it or whatever so there's usually some kind of benefit but i would say really what's going on is that there's something that they're avoiding, which is actually a feeling that's deeper than that, that they're going to, that they perceive they'll feel unsafe to feel. So with all that said, I think it's really important having either friends in your life or a coach, healer, therapist, whatever, that can actually kind of guide you and, and support you in feeling safe enough to go to those aspects of your consciousness to actually feel and heal those underlying emotions that you're not allowing yourself to feel. And it's, trust me, as soon as you do that, this whole ocean of emotion just goes because there's no need for it anymore. You know, and I've seen that time and time again where I'll be in emotions for two or three days and then I actually feel what's actually there underneath. As soon as I feel that, bang, it's just there's no need to be emotional anymore. My life gets back on track and it's it's all good. And so that's that's what I've learned about emotion and being like a, you know, having that artist aspect of my personality as well. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. And I agree with you so much. And it's been a long journey uh, since we started diving into the childhood trauma and, you know, all these uncomfortable feelings. But now I feel like the more you do this work, the less and less you actually have to do this work because you just heal so much that then after some time, you just get triggered way less frequently. And the uncomfortability that comes with feeling negative emotions just is lighter because you can accept it faster. And so the more uh, work even we, we did on our journey, I feel like when we started at the beginning, it was so hard to go there because it felt so unsafe. And then, you know, just before we broke up, we pretty much were just going through traumas, like as if it's like, okay, I'm just gonna go eat breakfast. Now I'm just gonna go heal a trauma. It's not really that big of a deal anymore because you're just so accepting of it and you're allowing these emotions so fast and you feel so safe feeling them, that then this is not really an issue anymore. And it becomes like, the life really becomes joyful in terms of like being joy, like having joy even in these moments where life is uncomfortable and it is shit and you feel bad, but still you have this underlying perspective that's first of all, it's all happening so that you can heal. So you're gonna feel way better when you heal it. So even though you feel shit right now, after a process of let's say two hours or one and a half hour process when you heal it all you're going to feel way better afterwards so you can have this lens of perspective like okay i felt like shit but then i felt it to the fullest i went there i healed the childhood trauma or i reprogrammed the belief and then i actually feel way lighter afterwards so you can have a perspective straight away when you're feeling negative that hey, it's actually for me to get better. So amazing, let's go. And it's safe and I want to do it and I accept it. So I think that's a big paradigm shift as well for you and for me as well, because I, I was learning how to feel together with you. Um, and as we were going on this journey of me doing Teal Swan's completion process practitioner training, and we've done the mirror event where we worked on parts work together. And then I've done Psych K as well. And we worked with all these different modalities. And I feel like this is one of the biggest value, at least that I see in my life, and probably in your life as well, correct me if I'm wrong, that we are accepting of any shit, absolutely anything that comes our way. Even when we broke up, it was like devastating for both of us because we didn't really want to do it, but we talked about it, uh, about story of breaking up, I think in our other episode, uh, the podcast episodes of someone is interested, you can check it out on SoulFam. Um, we were talking about creativity there, but even then, when we didn't want to break up and it was devastating and we were both sad and we were just like completely, you know, grieving everything, we did not actually have the feeling like we resisted or we are suffering. It's like, okay, 
we are feeling bad, but, and of course, you know, we're grieving and we, and it's, and it's shit, right? And you feel like you lose someone and you feel like you're empty in some way. And, and it's, it's a process, but still to me, it didn't feel that bad as if it would feel if I didn't know how to go into my feelings, if I felt like my feelings are unsafe, or if I didn't know how to accept whatever is coming up, because in this way, after three months, I was healed because I was triggering myself every single day, watching our pictures, videos, and every single day I was just like going through emotional release. And after three months, I felt like I'm newborn back to my dating life. You know, I'm off traveling and I'm feeling good. But some people spend years going through a breakup, like, and you know, get, getting back to themselves. And I'm curious about your perspective, just to finish it up. Um, like, how did you feel? Do you feel like the work that we've done together and like the emotional release and accepting the emotions it was beneficial for you after we broke up to actually have it like smoother, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like having a relationship with emotions that is like um, one where the emotions aren't resisted. Like That's what was coming up for me when I was hearing you say everything you were saying just now is that I feel like it's actually the resistance to emotion that, makes it an unpleasant experience that you have like i feel like resistance is pretty much that's what's unpleasant whereas feeling sadness and actually feeling it the it through my eyes and through experience it's showed me it's it's actually not that unpleasant like if i actually am feeling it it's it's maybe not maybe i don't enjoy it or find it as pleasant as like um joy you know, for example, but I feel like it's actually the resistance that makes something unpleasant. And there's this quote that I heard that I've heard that what, like the definition of bliss is any emotion fully felt that includes sadness, that includes grief. And I remember after we broke up, I remember feeling grief, like deep grief and kind of felt kind of cool <laughs> that might sound weird but no but i mean actually feeling it because r resisting actually feeling it that's what's unpleasant and i'm not going to act as if i'm some emotion guru here like in the breakups i've had in my life they've been freaking challenging like some of the most challenging periods of my life but it's because I was for the majority of the time resisting actually feeling the grief and the other feelings that were there to be felt. And the way in which I would resist that is, you know, binge watching Netflix, scrolling social media, this kind of bullshit, right? Whereas when I would actually be present with myself and actually be in my body and actually feel that and then like let that feeling kind of be experienced the actual experience of feeling that feeling is I wouldn't say it's a super unpleasant experience. I'd say it's either neutral or pleasant to actually feel it. And then certainly on the other end of that, there's a lighter feeling like I've let go of something. I've experienced it. I felt, I, you know, feel it to heal it. I felt it and I've let it go. There's a new, then there's new energy that comes in to replace that energy that was released. And then that's the journey that we're all on, right? Letting go, letting new energy come in, constantly reinventing ourselves and um, and all of that. So yeah, I feel like having these emotional processing tools, having a relationship with emotion where it's not seen as bad, but it's seen as a relevant part of life. It adds color and flavor to life. I, I mean, I, I feel like emotion is just like all great art is created from emotion. The reason we watch movies and listen to music, it's all to feel something. And I think that I don't see it as positive and negative emotions. I, I personally categorize it as pleasant and unpleasant emotions. That's how I think of it as opposed to positive and negative. Cause I don't think it's negative to feel sadness or grief or whatever. It might be unpleasant, but like I said, I feel like it's really just unpleasant when we resist it, but actually experiencing it can be, maybe blissful maybe not quite blissful but it, i you know i just think ultimately the more we collectively as humanity can feel our feelings and not resist them and not judge others that are feeling certain ways and we can actually be compassionate and support them and hold space for them 
then collectively, I think we'll have better management of our emotion and we would have let go of a lot of the heavy stuff. We'll be in a lighter space and then we'll have be more in a capacity to kind of be more creative and conscious and all that. So that's what I've got to say to close it out. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much, Ricky, for this podcast. It's been such a great conversation and I'm so grateful for our journey and for the fact that we are still best friends and we can always count on each other. I'm so grateful for you as a human and so excited to see you soon in Thailand. And to anyone who listens, I hope that you got a lot out of it and that you now are aware of yourself even more and that you're going to be more willing to accept your emotional state after um, our conversation and just allow it all and, and treat yourself as the divinity that you already are. So thanks a lot, Ricky. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you. This has been great. Thank you so much, my beautiful people, for listening to us. It's been such a great conversation and we have a lot more to talk about. But for now, I would love to let you know that if you struggle with any of the limiting beliefs, if you feel like you just go, go, go and don't enjoy your life, or you maybe feel a little bit unfulfilled in your life, although you are so successful, or any of other things that me and Ricky mentioned in this conversation. If you feel like you don't cope with it very well yourself, you can always reach out for my support because I've been supporting high achievers for the last few years to find more fulfillment, find more balance in their work and private life, and just be more joyful and really make money from a place of love to themselves and to the world rather than just straight up for achievements and feeling significant because you are already significant and you are already worthy you're already enough and when you can see it your life can shift completely so if you feel like you need my support please contact me you can find me on instagram as carolina with k-k-a-r-o-l-i-n-a dot kurai k-u-r-a-j that's my instagram it's the same with my email carolina.kurai at gmail.com and if you want to find our podcast it's at we are soul fan on Instagram as well. So I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Please comment if you have any questions or you can reach out straight to me um, and ask about anything that you wish. So thank you so, so much again for being with us and I wish you a wonderful rest of your day.